Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, now is the time. Text those questions in, 421-3776-421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let John go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Well, we were uh, obviously sifting through the news of the NFL, and it seems the big story right now is the Cowboys getting ready to release Amari Cooper, who I didn't even realize. I'm sure you knew this, but I didn't know he was the highest-paid wide receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, so they save about $16 million of cap room with that move. Uh, certainly they're going to take a cap hit, but it looks like he's going to be gone. And then you go to Buffalo, and then you have the situation going on with Beasley, the wide receiver who did not uh, get vaccinated, and Cooper never got vaccinated. And you know they, he gave, they gave Cole Beasley the ability to go shop himself, shop himself at a trade. So it's like, yeah, big receiver day right now in the National Football League. Boy, it seems like Amari Cooper's been in the league for forever. I know. Only since 2015. What is it, but so eight, seven, he's going into his eighth year or ninth year? Ninth year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that kind of is forever in the NFL. But he's actually, only 27, but, though, so yeah. Yeah, but um, four-time pro bowler, you know. I You feel like Dallas, though, they have enough there. they got Jerry Judy. They've got a pretty good tight end uh-huh. as far as uh, – I'm sorry, I said – you said Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. I meant C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Judy's in Denver, right? Uh, so anyway, yeah, they've got enough uh, targets there. Or do you think they'll try to get him back at a no? Okay, at a lesser. No, price? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's not happy with him. Jerry Jones is not happy with Amari Cooper, and it's funny because if you go through Amari Cooper's uh, history, I mean, it's been very unusual. Like for example, in San Francisco, uh, particularly the last year, he didn't like Colin Kaepernick. Didn't like him at all hmm. and was happy to uh, get away from him. Then he goes down to Oakland, does some good stuff. And the next thing you know, he's in Dallas and he was doing good stuff there. But then, uh, you know, now all of a sudden this year, you know, without the, uh, you know, taking the vaccination, you know, that put him on Jerry's short list of guys that he's not happy with. And he didn't have a particularly good season. So it's like, that's kind of interesting. Hey, what what have you uh, heard about Jerry Jones himself? I read the story that yeah. he's dealing with a medical issue. He's not going to meet with the media at the Combine. 79 years old. Do you mm-hmm. know anything about what's it, happening with they that? They say it's a minor uh, medical problem. But again, one at least that kept him out of dealing with the media, which he loves to do. And of course, I mean, you know, he always goes up there and he has the bus there all the time. And so, yeah, it's very unusual that he's not meeting with the media or doing the, the, the things that you know he likes to do. So obviously, if you're 79 and you have any kind of a medical condition, you have to have some concerns. But there doesn't seem to be a, you know, a serious concern for him. But it is unusual. You know, I think he gets a lot of, I think there's a lot of hatred. It's one of those uh, sports hate type of things yeah. with Dallas. You know, Dallas, the fans can be kind of arrogant and things like that. But Jerry Jones has meant a lot to this uh, to the NFL. And, I mean, he, he's good for the league, right? No doubt. I mean, he's one of the most powerful guys in the league. I mean, look how he helped broker the deal to, uh, you know, move the Rams to Los Angeles and help with that stadium. And the same thing with the Chargers moving into their new stadium at SoFi Stadium. I mean, he was very big on that. 
and he had to swing votes. And one thing you know Jerry Jones can do is that he can swing votes in the National Football League. So it's like he has uh, probably as much power as any owner in the league and maybe some cases more. I think he was like a, a guard at Arkansas. Yeah. He played offensive guard. I Jerry think, did. I think he was on a national championship team. John, I mean, yeah, he was. I think what, and, he, and I think what Jimmy Jimmy Johnson was with him too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Jimmy that's Johnson was with him, and uh, you know he he played football at Arkansas, which of course is very close to Pat because she went to Arkansas grad school. Oh, my wife, I didn't and know so that. It's, yeah, she did, and so it's like, uh, yeah, so Jerry is very much in favor in the Clayton family. I mean, I like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like dealing with him from the media perspective. And Pat likes him because he went to Arkansas. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had uh, chances to to personally interact with him over the years. Oh, many, many times. Well, of course, I mean, I was his big advocate to try to get him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm. Mm. I was probably his biggest advocate uh, because I I still remember when we're sitting there on the uh, contributor committee and it was going to be a two. It was, you know, again, you have five people there on the contributor committee and I was pushing Jerry, and uh, I, I, Peter King was one that was kind of up and down uh, because he was not high on doing Jerry that year. And then all of a sudden, the more he talked to different people, he says, you know what, I'm going to put that vote in. So he ended up making it 3-2. to two. Mm. Mm. Hey, we, we just uh, played a, a soundbite from Tim Hasselbeck. I, I, I want to play this for yeah, you and give you a response to it. Take a listen. Do I think that, and, and I got a little heat for this, and I know like your Seattle market's going to hear this, but like Seattle's not a great market for a guy like Russell that, that probably has aspirations uh, to kind of be in the limelight, to be in the national media a lot. Look, my brother loved his time in Seattle, but the big joke for everyone was that he played in southern Alaska. Like, that just is the reality of it, Mike. And, like, and you know it. We talk a lot about the Steelers and the Cowboys and the Giants. And even when they stink, we talk about the Jets. And we talk about Washington when they're no good. We don't talk about Seattle when they're 9-3 and three, as much as we do some of those mm-hmm. other teams. Now, I, I think, you know, in years past, maybe that was true, John, that Seattle was sort of anonymous. Yeah. But you win a Super Bowl, you go back the next year, you're in the playoffs almost every year. Russell Wilson is a superstar, and the NFL is not a regional sport. Everybody plays fantasy football. Everybody knows everybody. The idea that somehow Russell is suffering from lack of attention because he's in Seattle versus he'd get more attention playing for the Jets. The Jets are more anonymous than most teams at this point. So I don't know what Tim's talking about. What do you, what do you make yeah, of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it either because, again, I mean, when you look at what happens with the TV contracts and – yeah, what the TV networks want to show. I mean, they usually, because of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks winning, you know, take five games a year. Yeah, that's a great point. Right. Yeah, right. and so it's like, uh, you know, he, they're, they're very popular in the media, and they get good ratings. I mean, so I don't know what Tim is on his mind. I know that, you know, Tim was one of the advocates saying that there was going to be a Russell Wilson trade, and obviously that didn't happen. It is not going to happen. And so it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, Tim, talk to your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's really weird. And the example I was given, John, is when I was playing for the Seahawks back in the mm-hmm. '80s and '90s. It was kind of that way. It was that way because you know we would go to New York or you know Atlanta, and there would be nobody there as far as fans going. You know, wanting autographs. 
when you travel with the team now, I mean, the lobby is just packed with Seahawk fans. And, and I know you don't like this part of it, John, but the uniforms, I feel like, have really brought a lot of people around with the different colors and everything. They've been really creative with that, um, changing you know the logo a little bit. I think it's a more pissed off looking Seahawk than it used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, their, their merchandise sales are always in the yeah. top. It just—it's a weird perspective, I guess. It, it, to me, it's an old perspective. Whereas, you know, I, I, I now—I mean, John made a great point about how often they're put in primetime games, oh. and these networks can pick whoever they like. John, right? I mean, they right. if they want to put the New York teams in every week or every every year, they could. The Seahawks are always, you know, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. They get a ton of those e- games. Even with 2017, when they didn't make the, yeah. the playoffs, but 18, 19, 20, yeah, you're right, John. It was like five, six mm-hmm. primetime mm-hmm. games. So Yeah, they yeah. max out on the primetime games, and that's because, again, I think they're so popular. And, again, it's like, one, they have, uh, you know, some of the, the best home field advantage in sports, you know, with the fans here, the 12s. And then, of course, you know, you're right about the fact that uh, if you go on the road, there's a lot of Seahawks fans that go on the road with them. And so I don't know what Tim's talking about. When you think about one person that really helped bring the Seahawks, as far as one player, one personality, who do you think of? Oh, I think it's obviously Russell Wilson. You think it's Russ? See, I, yeah. to me, I, I think about when it started to change, Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, Could him... Be. Yeah. Being so brash and in everybody's face and everything, I felt like he he brought a lot of, like it was kind of cool to be a Seahawk fan. Yeah, I could tend to agree with that, but again, I still think it's yeah. it's Russell Wilson. I mean, it's a quarterback driven league. The quarterback's going to be the one that's going to dictate a lot of different things, and particularly the fact that uh, you know he's won uh, in in his what ten years um, as many games as Peyton Manning, if not more. Yep. I think that says something too. And, of course, uh, it, it, I think he's popular with the networks. I mean, let's put it this way. For a guy that uh, is here in, I guess, this little town in the middle of nowhere, I mean, how many shows is he on? Yeah. I mean, he's on just about every uh, every award show you can ask for. Yeah. He won the uh, Peyton, uh, Peyton Award. I mean, uh, you know, he, he hosts different things. Yeah, so it's like I don't know where where Tim's getting all this. Yeah, he was at NFL Honors with, yeah, with yeah. Sierra, and then we just saw him on was it Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's a, on I the mean Today it, Show. It's it's he's inaccurate. It's just an inaccurate statement. It's, it's well, I think I think he's living like fifteen twenty years ago. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have made sense had he said that pre Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, Legion of Boom. I mean, it's just they've been. And I think the best point was what you made, John, that how often they are picked, they are chosen when they the league has the ability to choose whichever team they'd like to put in prime time matchups. Mm-hmm. How often the Seahawks are put in there, so that that's kind of settles it there. Uh, listener question again. You guys can text in your questions four two one three seven seven six. That's four two one. ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. This is from the 509. It says, hey, John, I just heard that Devontae Adams bought a $12 million home in Vegas. How much should we read into it, and what does that mean for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I hadn't heard that. but I hadn't heard that either, but uh, certainly it would mean that uh, you know he's not expecting to get the franchise tag because you know the franchise tag, you, know, you got to 1 o'clock on Tuesday to get something done, and they haven't done any negotiation on his contract. And so, uh, 
you know, the fact that I guess he's you know moving to Vegas is putting him on the move to go to a different team, and that very well could cause Aaron Rodgers by early next week to say, I don't want to be here. I want to go to someplace else. So uh, stay tuned for that. And it's funny because, you know, the franchise tag, you know, there's only been one player that uh, has been said he's going to get the franchise tag, and that's Orlando Brown, the left tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs, and it hasn't officially happened yet. But, yeah, we're down to Tuesday of next week, and the franchise tags haven't been distributed. Mm. Um, hey, we were talking about Amari Cooper yeah. and, you know, released for that reason. How, I don't know how much thought you put into it, but what do you see for, for Bobby Wagner? You know, because that's, that's kind of a similar situation. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him playing for $18 million next year. But what, what do you think is a good solution for him? And what where do you think he'll end up well, salary-wise? Kind of, kind of his base pay to like 13 14 and then spread out the uh, money over uh, five years. Because you can do opt-outs, and that will save you cap room. And so, again, their cap is in good shape. Because, you know, again, they got $35 million of cap room available. You know, they can, uh, you know, and again, one of the things that I know I talked about with Mike Salk this week is that what you look at with the, you know, when you sign a player, uh, if it's even a, a good salary, I mean, basically 40 to 50 percent is not going, it, you, it, it goes in the first year of the contract. Uh, two examples being, you know, let's say if you can get DJ Reed for $10 million, well, last year, Ronald Darby signed for $10 million, and his first year cap number was four. I mean, let's say you can get uh, Quandre Diggs for 13. Well, I mean, Tyron Matthews ended up getting a $14 million contract, and his first year cap number was in the sixes. Uh, John, this one from Ralph in Crossroads asking, do you think, and this is in, in regards to um, uh, Kenny Pickett, the, yeah. the quarterback there. Uh, does the professor think that small hands is a thing, a serious detriment? It's it's a detriment. I don't know how serious it is because guys come into this league with small hands. Now he's coming in with some of the smallest we've seen at eight and a half uh, inches, and so that's not necessarily good. But again, because it leads to more fumbles, and if you're going to be on a cold weather team, the cold, the fumbles could cost you a lot. But it's still, he, he I think he's considered to be maybe the best quarterback in this draft, and so it may drop his stock a little bit. But I still think that uh, you know he'll be taken among the first quarterbacks in this draft. You know, it was it, Bob and I were laughing because we're watching the the combine and they they had like a a focus in on his hands. Mm-hmm. The thing about him though is he's a big dude. Yeah, he's, he's like yeah, six, six three, three and a quarter. They had him listed at two thirty, mm-hmm. and smells like cabbage. <laughs> Small hands. Small Cam- hands. Camera zeroing in was the funniest thing, though. <laughs> Just yeah. but, would you agree it's been a weird combine? In what way? Well, in, here, here's why I say that. You know, like for example, I worried early in the week that uh, you know not a lot of guys were going to work out, particularly first rounders. And then, of course, it turns out that uh, you know we have one of the fastest receiving groups that uh, we've yeah. ever seen because yeah, eight got official times below 4-4 four, four, where the record's seven. And then, of course, uh, you got you know the tight ends did a good job. Running backs are going today. And then, but here's the weird part. What about lifting? All the, I mean, so many of the wide receivers and offensive linemen aren't doing their bench press. Like, for mm-hmm. example, of the offensive linemen, 41 of the 59 didn't do any bench presses. Really? Why? Why? That's, was there a reason given? 
Uh, well, no, yeah, the reason given was the fact that, uh, you know, they scheduled uh, all the lifting, you know, the morning of when you're going to have your workout uh-huh. because they wanted to have the network, you know, pick up everything at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern time. And so because of that, they said, hey, we'll just do it when we uh, get back and go back to our college workouts. And mm. again, that's okay because at least you know it's going to be indoors. You're not going to have any problems with weather or anything like that. It's just a matter. It's like, okay, here's the bench press. How many you're doing? Well, and I can imagine that that's the one that probably really wears you out. I mean, if you're trying to get as many as you possibly can, you're probably mm-hmm. going to get sore from that. Yeah, it's yeah. probably going to. And you said it's before the drills and the running. Yeah, because again, like the offensive yeah. lineman, you know, uh, they wanted them to do it today, and it's like, no, I'm not, we're not doing it. I mean, you know, you had a couple groups of offensive linemen, and like for example, there was one pod of the wide receivers, and only two of those wide receivers decided to uh, do any lifting on the bench press. Of course, that's not as big because I don't think you know too many wide receivers are going to win the bench press. Well, and, you know, with linemen, I think the one thing that it does show you, it can show you, I should say. Yeah. If you have a lineman who is a big guy and, he, you know, he should be able to bench, you know, around 400 pounds, if he's only getting like 15 reps or 20 reps, it, it might indicate that he's not a hard worker. Yeah. You know, he he's not... I don't want to say he's out of shape, but he, yeah. Well, who's the guy I mean, you played with? Was it Mecklenburg? You said couldn't lift much weight, but he yeah. would just toss guys around the field. Oh, yeah, field strength, just yeah, but not not a bench press guy. Yeah, not yeah. Well, he didn't have. I don't even know if he could bench over three hundred. But my God, he would just the things he would do on the field. So yeah, it doesn't measure everything, but I do I do think it does give you some kind of an indication of whether a guy's a hard worker or not. Yeah, I think that that can be too. Yeah, because again, if you only do fifth if you're a you know three hundred and twenty pound guy and you're only doing fifteen bench presses, I mean how hard are you really working? Right. I yeah. mean, because again that that shows you it's like okay, how are you gonna hold back Aaron Donald when you can only have uh you know fifteen reps at the two twenty five? And so that's kind of crazy. Uh, here's a good question. 509 asking, uh, Professor, you can only sign one of these two tight ends. Resign one of them. Are you going to go with Bob's guy, Gerald Everett, or Wyman's guy, Will Disley? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Gerald Everett because, you know, one, you know, he fits the system for the Rams coaches who are now up here. You know, so I think that that, that goes well. I mean, Disney is now probably going to get a lot of money, so you can still probably get both. But I'd go right now with Everett. I think right now, I mean, you saw how he is, how he's able to avoid that first tackle. I mean, the fact that he can catch the ball well, he's a good blocker. I'd say Everett right now above Disley. You know, I'm sorry, I have to agree. I'm going with Everett, too. Yeah, I mean, I I love Will Disley. I do, but, man, what what Gerald Everett showed us last year, and also – you know he's got some nasty in him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and his blocking and just the way he runs and never tackled by the first tackler. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Gerald. But I do, I do love Will Disley. I just wish they would throw to the tight ends more. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I mean, the big thing, the big thing for them is they need more plays because if you're only gonna have 55, 56 plays a game on offense, I mean, you can't spread the ball around as much, particularly when you have two great receivers like Metcalf and Lockett. And so it's like uh, you, know, you get more plays, you get more plays to the tight end. Well, hopefully that'll change because our defense was on the field the yeah. entire time. Yeah, <laughs> that was the problem. 
Uh, John, the 310 is asking, uh, Professor, what's the Raiders cap situation if they want to get Adams? Mm, I mean, they can they can work some things out because, you know, they can maybe see if they can do a long-term deal with Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, it's not great. I mean, I, what do they have, like eight or nine million bucks or something like that? Uh, and, and, you know, they've got offensive line issues and everything else. So I think it's going to be tough for them to do anything you know, with uh, with that, so I I doubt it very much. JD in the five hundred nine wants to know who would win a bench press competition between the professor and Lefko. <laughs> Probably Lefko. I, I'd go with I'd go with Lefko. You'd go with would Lefko. You? I've never I've never seen him, but I think I'd go with Lefko because I can't bench press anything. He's scrappy. He's yeah, scrappy. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Jake was challenging me to a combine workout where. I would have to go through the quarterback workout, and he would have to go through the linebacker workout. So I'm going to put him through a linebacker workout, and he's going to put me through a quarterback workout. Who, who do you think comes out on top? I would like to say you might consider the fact that I am old enough to be Jake's dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I think you can come out ahead on that one. All right, thanks, John. Yeah, I th- he knows I th- you're a great thrower of snowballs. I like throwing snowballs. Oh, dear. Okay. I fancy myself a quarterback, John. There you go. That would be good. I could spin it, and I'm sudden. Uh, uh, sudden. Sudden. You're multiple. You, you, you notice that, John? That uh, I don't know why that stuff annoys me. But you know, all, all the new phrases, all the different words they use. Like yeah, he's yeah. twitchy. He's sudden. Yeah. He's he can he has RPMs. He can spin it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Jeez, mm-hmm. Stop. John, you doing your show tomorrow? Yep, 8 to 11, taking your phone calls. Taking calls from 8 to 11 tomorrow with the professor, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, thanks. There you go. There's John Clayton with us every single day. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, there is a a small update to the Major League Baseball uh, lockout talks, but it could be the start of a big breakthrough, perhaps we'll investigate. We'll talk about it next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.